Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Micah 5, verse 2. One of the prophetic verses that speak of the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth, Micah 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would quiet our hearts today as we look into your word. And help us to think, Lord, through this subject of all the preparations that you made for that time when Jesus would be born. And help us to know, Lord, that those preparations are for us because you came for us. And we thank you so much for that. I pray that you would bless each one who's here today and speak to our hearts. And I pray for those who could not be here today because of sickness that you might Bless them today and bring healing to their bodies and bring them back with us. Lord, we know that we need you in a special way today in our church because we're limited in number. We know that we have a Christmas program ahead of us and uh, there's a lot to be done. And some are affected because of the sickness. But I pray you'd overrule, Lord, in that and help us to get this accomplished for your glory. I pray now that you might have your will in the message, give enablement to bring it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've entitled the message this morning, God's Christmas Preparations. Preparations for Christmas are made by different people in different ways. Some are elaborate, some are simple, some are memorable, some are fun-filled, some are tiring, and some, for some people they're non-existent. <laughs> because there's not much preparation made. I imagine that most everyone here today has made preparations in some way for that special day called Christmas. It's the day that's set aside for the remembrance of the, of the Lord's birth. We know that Jesus was not born on December the 25th. We know that the uh, beginnings of that day and that celebration are not the most ideal. But uh, we don't think about that. We think about it as the day that we remember that Christ came to this earth for the purpose of dying for us. But uh, preparations are made and by various people in various ways for Christmas. There's decorating, decorating your home, decorating outside your home, decorating at the church, which we've been doing. And I commend the ladies who've done such a good job in decorating for Christmas up here on the auditorium and also downstairs. Uh, for the party the other night. Uh, there's gift buying, that's preparation for uh, Christmas, and you've been doing a lot of that probably. We'll be doing Christmas caroling on the 21st, that's preparation for that special day as we go around to people's homes who are not able to get out. And uh, planning special get togethers, some of you have done that. Planning a meal, uh, some people really plan. Uh, with great detail for the meal for Sunday, and that's always good. And then cooking the meal, that's preparation for Christmas. Practicing for the Christmas program, which we'll do tonight and next Sunday night, that's preparation for Christmas. Uh, planning your Christmas traditions, and there are people who have different traditions. Uh, my wife is a great planner in giving, and she needs to be because we have six children, and, and there's six spouses, and then 22 grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. 
So she has a list, and she's marking it off, and she goes and gets something, and then she'll go another time and get something else, and she's trying to get them all taken care of. When our kids were growing up at home, Evelyn had made, made clues for the special gift that each child got. And uh, there was that special gift, you know, that each child had. And so she would make up clues, and there would be at least three, sometimes four uh, clues. And uh, she would put the first one on the tree. And so, like Joseph would start, he'd get his clue, and then it would say, go to soap. And sometimes it rhymed, but she'd say, and it might be, the next clue might be in the oven, next clue might be under a cushion. And uh, they would go with different clues, and the last clue would tell them where to find the gift. And I remember one time she, she, we, she did all this, and we had set up for a Christmas program in West Virginia at the church where I pastored. And we had an extended platform that we put up for, for uh, uh, dramas or the Christmas program, things like that. It extended out from the regular platform and made it larger. And uh, one of the kids' last clue was to go and find the gift, and it was underneath the stage. <laughs> and it was dark at, at church and uh, they went, went over and found that clue underneath the stage, and they found the last gift. Well, that, that was finding the clues. That was just preparation that she did for ma- to make Christmas uh, special. Um, and also in our Christmas celebration in our home on Christmas Day, we would always, before we opened gifts, we would read the, the Christmas story. And uh, I still do that. When our kids, all of them get together, like we did in Thanksgiving, we had them all... We had 24 at our house, but if everybody got together on Christmas, there'd be about 34 people. And before we open any gifts, I sat down and we read the Christmas story. That's a tradition. That's preparation for that special time. This morning, we're going to call the birth of Christ uh, the first Christmas. And um, I, don't, I don't do that in, in a, any bad way because there's some bad connotations to the beginnings of Christmas, you might say. But we're just going to, for the sake of the message, we're going to call the birth of Christ the first Christmas. And God's the greatest planner. And God in his wisdom planned for that very special day when Jesus Christ would be born. All of his plans are meaningful. All of his plans are very important. So let's consider some of God's plans or preparations for, that, for Christmas, that first day that when Jesus was born on the, in, in uh, Bethlehem many years ago. He began his preparations for that special day uh, a long, long time ago. In fact, the Bible says it was before the foundation of the world. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 says, We're redeemed, not with, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, that was manif- and, but was manifest in these last times for you. So when Jesus came to this earth, it was the result of preparations that God made before the foundation of the world. That's why we say grace is older than sin. Jesus pr- planned for Je- God planned for Jesus to come to this earth and later to die on the cross of Calvary for our sin before anybody had ever sinned. God knew they would do that, and so God made preparations. So God's preparations for that first Christmas, you might say, was before the foundation of the world. Also, God prepared the method by which he would become a man. 
You see, for God to, for God to uh, come to this earth and die for our sins, and the Bible said without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And so you can't have blood unless you have a body. And so God prepared a body for Jesus, and he prepared a plan. He had a method by which this would, ta- this would be able to take place. It was not possible for God just to take a nice young lady and for her to have a child like normal and that child to become the Savior because everybody is born with a sin nature. The Bible says children go forth from the womb speaking lies. Why? Because they're sinners. And you have to teach a child to do right. You don't have to teach them to do wrong. They naturally do that. And so we're sinners. But Jesus, when he came to this earth, he was not a sinner. God is not a sinner. So the Son of God did not come as a sinner. And the only way he could bypass that sin nature was for him to be born of a virgin because the sin nature comes from the man. And for it was, so he had to be born of a virgin. And so the Bible hints at that in Genesis 3.15. It says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The seed of the woman means descendants from the woman, those who came from the woman, but usually speaks of seed of a man. But the seed of a woman, that was Jesus, that was uh, the seed of Mary, and, and that would be Jesus, and he would be the one who would, put, who would bruise the head of the serpent. And so that was hinted there. In, in Isaiah seven fourteen. it comes more specific. He said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Luke chapter 1, we find that that was, a, that was fulfilled when Jesus was born. And, and because Gabriel said this, Gabriel said to a virgin that was Mary, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and, how, and, and, he, and she said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the Lord described to her, the angel described to her that the Holy Ghost would come upon you, and that which would be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And so Jesus took upon himself human flesh. He became a man so that he could die for us on the cross of Calvary. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, Joseph, the son of David, uh, the Bible says, the angel said to him, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so this was prepared, was planned a long time before it happened, and God made preparations. And so in Matthew chapter 1, it says, It fulfilled what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So the preparations were made way before it ever happened, and God told about it. It's going to happen in in Isaiah 7, 14, and it took place. And so the method by which God became a man was through the virgin birth. God also prepared the young lady that would be be the promised virgin mother, and that was Mary. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, Gabriel said to a virgin, Mary, said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. You see, God picked out this one woman, and he had it planned, I believe, long before it ever happened, God made preparations that this lady would be born, that she would be a pure young lady, and she would grow up and serve the Lord and not participate in the sins of the world. Even though she was tempted, she did not yield to those temptations, and she kept herself pure. And God kept her that way because God had a special plan for this young lady. God gave her the correct genealogy as well, because the Bible says that she, that she was born from David's line, 
And uh, her genealogy is found in Luke chapter 3, beginning in verse 23 and going to through verse 28. And that's Mary's genealogy. And it comes through David's son, Nathan, not Solomon. And that's very important. And so her, her genealogy comes through uh, Nathan, but she, it was David, but not, not to be heir. Uh, that had to come through the man. And so the Bible says that it, he, God protected Mary's genealogy so that he would come through uh, David's son, Nathan, and not Solomon. We'll comment on that a little bit later. But the question is sometimes asked about Mary, what about her age? It often disturbs me when I hear some preachers on radio or TV or something like that, and they'll talk about Mary and how she was such a young lady. And some of them will say, and many historians say, that Mary was probably 12 to 14 years old. I do not believe that. Now, maybe I'll get to heaven sometime and find out that was true, but I just cannot believe that, that she was 12 or 14 years old. You see, Mary must have been at least a later teenager because she was a young lady who had who'd, uh, established herself. She had been through the trials and temptations, and she had kept herself pure. And the Lord said that she was highly favored of the Lord. And this was a young lady who was chosen by God for a very important role, and that was to be the mother of Jesus and to go through all that she would go through, the ridicule and all of that, and then the, the trip down into Egypt and all those things. And uh, this was a young lady, I believe, that was older than 12 or 14 years old. She needed maturity to face what she was going to face. She was uh, one who was uh, chosen by the Lord, highly favored. And I believe that she was an older teenager. Uh, she took that long trip to see Elizabeth, which would probably be quite an ordeal for a 12 or 14-year-old. And then she had great knowledge of the Scripture. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, uh, she's telling uh, about her response to what's going to happen to her. And she shows great knowledge of the Scripture. I believe that she was older than 12 or 14 years old. I can't prove that, so we'll just leave it there. Also, God prepared a place so that Christ, the Christ would be born. Or I'm, I'm sorry, God prepared a plan so that Christ would be born and bypass the curse of Coniah. Now, this takes us back what I mentioned to what I mentioned of the genealogy of Mary. In the, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 22, we find of the curse of Coniah. It says in verse 24, as I live, saith the Lord, though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of, of the Chaldeans. And then he says this in verse 29. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Now, who was Jeconiah? Well, Jeconiah was followed in the line from Solomon, David's son Solomon, and then later it was Jeconiah. And the Bible tells us that in Matthew chapter 1. Joseph's genealogy is found in Matthew chapter 1, and it goes through Jeconias, who is Coniah. And he was descended of Solomon. But the Lord says nobody that comes from Jeconiah can sit upon the throne. And so nobody in that line can sit upon the throne. And so that's the curse of Coniah. So Mary 
Her genealogy goes back to David, yes, but bypasses the curse because she goes through Nathan and not Solomon. And so he has the legal right to the throne through Joseph, but he bypassed the curse because his mother was Mary and he had no physical relationship to Joseph as far as coming from his bloodline. And so God solves the mystery and he bypasses the curse. He has the rightful claim to the throne, but he doesn't have the curse of Coniah. God planned all that. God knew all that. God made preparation. So in fact, there's only one person who in all of, all of history could have ever had the right to sit upon the throne of, of David again and to rule in the millennial kingdom. There is nobody else that has that right. And that's only Jesus. And Jesus has the right. So God prepared all that. He made preparation for that. God prepared the man who was, who was, Joseph's earth, uh, who was Jesus' earthly father, though he was not the biological father. That was Joseph. Not too much is said of Joseph. I recently read a book about Joseph, someone wrote. And a lot of it's, uh, you know, just uh, people thinking what it might be. But they were going by things that we find out about Joseph. That he, yes, he was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a just man, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, seven, 19 says. He was a man who listened to God. Because you remember, he was minded to put her away privately because he found out that Mary was expecting. And here he was a godly man, a just man. And he loved this lady who was a spouse to him. They were not yet married. It was not yet his wife in, in, in that sense, but he was a spouse to her. And so she was found with child and he was minded to put her away privately, not to disgrace her. But he could not have this woman who had been unfaithful to him, he thought. And then the Lord revealed to him through the angel, and the Lord told him, said, uh, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, that which conceived in hers of the Holy Ghost. And he listened to God, he listened to that message, and he took Mary. Knowing what that would cause, knowing the repercussions of the people, knowing they were not yet married in that sense, and yet she was expecting, and they, the rumors would fly about that. And yet he knew that this was God's will, and he took that lady to be his wife. You see, Joseph was a godly man, and I believe God prepared Joseph for that special time and uh, that special lady, and who later became uh, the mother of his children, of course. He had children afterwards, and uh, so Joseph was a very special man. He was raised, uh, Jesus was raised in the godly home of Joseph, and that was very important. Joseph made sure that he had the right kind of training. Joseph made sure that he was influenced the right way. Joseph knew who Jesus was. Joseph knew that, uh, that Mary had conceived of the Holy Spirit. He believed that. And so he was a very special man, prepared by God for this very special time. God also pre prepared the time of Christ's birth. You see, God planned the very time. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. When the fullness of time was come, at the right time, not just the time of year, but the right time, that means the time in history. The Bible says Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome. And by that time, Rome had influence pretty much over all the world. That's why it says in, the, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. 
pretty much all the known world were under the Roman control at that time. And so this decree went out that all the world should be taxed. And it moved Joseph and, and Mary to Bethlehem where they needed to be. You see, God sets up kings and he takes them down. And so God knew he, who he wanted to be on the throne uh, in, as emperor in Rome. And he also knew who he wanted to be on the throne in Jerusalem as Herod, the king, you know, who was over that area, a king underneath the Caesar, uh, Augustus. And so he knew that. And God had planned that, and so he set the right people in the right place at the right time to do what God wanted them to do. And so God had planned all of that. So God prepared the time for Christ's birth. Also, preparations the Lord made for Christmas is this. God prepared the place of Christ's birth. The place of Christ's birth was Bethlehem. Bethlehem was where God said it would happen. He told us that back in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, we read a while ago. Matthew chapter 2 says, Herod inquired of the chief priests and scribes where Christ should be born. And they got together and they said, the scripture says, and they quoted Micah 5, 2, the scripture says he's to be born in Bethlehem. And so God prepared ahead of time where Christ would be born, the very city he would be born in. Now Mary was from Nazareth, but Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Why was he born there? He had to go for registration or taxation. And so, jo or they had to go. So Joseph and Mary had to go to the place of their forefathers and uh, the city of David. They had to go back there to be registered. And they, that's where God wanted them because God had said he'll be born in Bethlehem. Now you think about Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem means house of bread. It's significant that in John chapter 6, Jesus said that he was the bread which came down from heaven. He also said he's the bread of life, and he's the living bread. So the bread of life, the living bread, the bread that came down from heaven, was born in the house at the, at the uh, house of bread, Bethlehem. Now, when we think before we leave Bethlehem, we've got to think something else. All the physical things there God had prepared. You see, some believe that God, that the, the, the stable where uh, Jesus was born might have been a, a, uh, a cave. And others believe it might have been a, a barn, like a stable barn. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But I know this. If it was in a cave, guess who made the cave? God did. If it was in a barn made of wood, guess who made the wood? The Lord did. And what did they wrap the babe in? Swaddling clothes. Who made the material that, that the, clothes, the clothes were made out? God did. God made everything. So every little detail in Bethlehem was all designed by God. What about the inn and the innkeeper? We don't know about who the innkeeper was. It doesn't mention his na their name or anything like that. It just says there was no room. And God knew that, God knew that detail, and God prepared that because it was God's will that his, his son be not born in any elaborate place, but just in a humble dwelling, a humble place, a manger. And God made it that way, God planned it, so all those preparations went into the birth of Jesus Christ. God also prepared the one who would be the forerunner of Christ, and that's John the Baptist. In Luke chapter 1, it says, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Zacharias was an old man. 
His wife was an older lady and passed the time when they could bear children. And they had prayed a long time ago that God would give them a child. They hadn't prayed that recently because he was old. But God said, or the angel said, Fear not, Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. <laughs> what prayer? You know, one you prayed a long time ago that you'd have a child. God hadn't forgotten. And God delayed that request. God delayed the answer for that request to a particular time that God had planned because God had prepared all of that. And so he prepared uh, this forerunner. Who was the forerunner? Is John the Baptist, the one who was to be born to, to Zacharias and, and Elizabeth. And said of him, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost and many of the children of Israel. He shall turn to the Lord their God and he make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So God made preparations for the preparation. He made a preparation of John so because he knew that John would be one to prepare the way for Jesus. And so God had it all worked out and God had it all planned. John the Baptist would be on the scene six months before Jesus and he would be right there when it was needed to be the one who prepared the way for the Lord. God prepared the circumstances that would encourage Mary when she was filled with uh, wonder just uh, how is this possible? I'm going to have a child, but I don't know a man. How could that be possible? Well, the Lord says Zacharias and Elizabeth were told in their old age uh, that they were going to have, or Zacharias was told in his old age that his wife was going to bear a child. And he said this, how shall this be? For I am old and well stricken in years. And then just a little bit later, when Mary found out about her having a child, she said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Both of them said, how shall this be? Well, God had prepared the one, the encouragement that uh, Mary needed, and he planned this all ahead of time, and he had the encouragement, and he planned that, that uh, John the Baptist would be conceived six months before Mary, uh, conceived with Jesus. And uh, so when she heard about that, he, she said, how can this be? And the angel said, thy cousin Elizabeth, you know that older cousin of yours? She's barren. She's going to have a child. And then he said this, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The encouragement that Mary needed, as we depict in the play that we're going to, in the Christmas program, uh, Mary comes to visit Elizabeth. And when she opens the door, she sees this older lady noticeably pregnant, six months. And she's taken back, but encouraged as well. Yes, God can do anything. Now, her miracle was much greater, but God can do it, she said. With God, nothing shall be impossible. God also prepared the ones to give the announcement concerning the conception and later the birth of Jesus. Now, all these that gave those announcements were uh, angels. And uh, guess who made the angels? <laughs> and guess who had a purpose for the angels and particular angels that God would use at that time? Well, at the conception, it was Gabriel uh, that told Mary. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 26, I'm going to read part of that. Luke 1, 26, and... Uh, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. 
And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, Cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And he tells her the announcement that she was going to have a child. And so this announcement came from uh, the angel Gabriel. And then to Joseph, you remember he also got an announcement concerning it. It probably wasn't Gabriel, at least it doesn't say it was. The Bible says it was the angel of the Lord that spoke to, uh, to um, uh, Joseph and told him that he would not be, need not be afraid to take unto him uh, Mary as his wife because he, she was a child of the Holy Ghost. And so the announcement was made by the angels concerning the conception. And then the announcement from the birth came also from an angel. And that announcement was made to the shepherds. The angel of the Lord, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, appeared. He said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so the angel brings this message to the shepherds. And then after that first angel appears and delivers that message, then the Bible says there's a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. All the announcements were given by angels, and they were pre-planned by God. God knew this was going to happen, how it was going to happen, way before it happened. And so when the events started taking place, everything fell in place. Why? Because God had made preparations. He knew what he was doing. And then also God prepared the ones to receive the announcement. Of course, we've already mentioned Mary and Joseph, but let's talk about the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, talks about the shepherds, and it says this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, there have been many shepherds down through the ages, but God knew that these particular shepherds, we don't know their names, I think someday we'll find out, but these particular shepherds were out there at a certain night, just the right night, and God had prepared, and God said they were keeping watch over the flock. All the shepherds down through the ages, didn't, none of the shepherds down through the ages had this privilege, but these did because they were prepared by God for this very special time. And why shepherds? Why not the nobles of Israel? Why not the religious leaders? Why not the political figures of that day? Why not very important people, but shepherds? Shepherds were sometimes uh, uh, considered with disgust because of their keeping the sheep and probably because they weren't always that clean and everything. And it wasn't a very respected profession. But the shepherds were chosen by God to reveal this message that a child was born in, in Bethlehem. And then later, uh, the wise men. The Bible says the wise men come from the east in Matthew chapter 2. It's later than the manger. The wise men were not at the manger. The wise men were later when Jesus was a young child, maybe two years later. And uh, the wise men, though, received this message in some way. The Bible says, uh, the wise men came from the east and said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. And I believe what happened was the wise men saw the star, and some way it was revealed to them this was a special star 
that would point them to the king of the Jews. Now, they no doubt reason the king of the Jews would be in Jerusalem. Surely they'd go to Jerusalem. And so when they get to Jerusalem, they tell about seeing the star, but they're not seeing it right now. And they want to know where this Christ child is born. And the scribes and the, uh, the priests say, it's supposed to be Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2. And so they start out towards Bethlehem, and then they see the star again. They're all excited. They see the star again, and it moves. Stars don't move like that. And it moves and leads them to Bethlehem. Now, some have tried to uh, link that star with a particular star that we might see today. I don't believe it's, it is. I believe it's a special star made by God for a special purpose, and it appeared, and then it didn't appear, then it appeared again, and then it moved and led them to the place where Jesus was born, and, uh, or where Jesus was. And that was still in Bethlehem, but it was in a home. And so this, uh, God prepared those wise men. Now you might wonder, how would the wise men know about this? They were in the east. Well, remember years before there was a prophet there by the name of Daniel. And you remember Daniel said, gave some information about, about the Lord. And uh, in the 70 weeks of Daniel, he prophesied that. And maybe those men feared God, and God allowed them to study the Scripture, and they thought, you know, this, this could be very soon. And they're looking for this time. And then this star appears, and God convinces them they need to go to Jerusalem, and then they go on to Bethlehem. Well, how, who did that? God did that. God prepared those people to receive that message. God was in all of it. And then God prepared people in the temple who would encourage the young parents. You remember Jesus was born, and then a few days later they went to the temple and uh, to dedicate him and to do what needed to be done there at the temple according to the law. And there they met two people, and those two people were Simeon and Anna. Of Simeon it says in Luke chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit told him that he would not die until the Christ was born. The Christ is, means the Messiah. The Jews knew what Christ meant, that the anointed one, the Messiah. And the Lord told him, you will not die until the Christ is born. And so he's looking for this Christ. He knows it's going to happen soon. He's getting old. And uh, he's not going to die until he sees the Christ. And then he sees this couple come in, and God impresses upon him, this is the Christ child. And he goes over and says what he has to say to those parents and it's a, a beautiful scene, what takes place there in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. And then God also prepared another woman, person in the temple, and that was Anna. And Anna, the Bible says, she had been married seven years and now had been a widow since the time of those seven years of marriage. She had been a widow, and now she was, according to how you figure, at least 84 years old. And so she was up in years. And then when she saw the Christ child, she told, she told everybody that, who looked for redemption in Israel. In other words, she had been looking for redemption. And she told other people, this is he, this is the Christ child. Now, I imagine that that encouraged Joseph and Mary. They're pretty much alone. Only the shepherds had been there to see the Christ child. Nobody else is paying much attention. And they're going to the temple now. And nobody there knows what's going on, but God puts these two people in their, in their, their path, uh, Simeon and Anna, to encourage them because something's going to happen after that. And so God prepares for that as well. 
You see, God prepared a place to protect Jesus when the threats to his life came from Herod. God warned the wise men, first of all, don't you go back to Herod because he has evil intent. He's going to try to kill the Christ child. And so they went home another way. God warned them. But then God warned Joseph. The Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and he said, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring thee word. Now, God says, you go to Egypt. Now, this had all been planned ahead of time. This was preparation again that God had made. Because God had told us way back in Hosea, chapter 11, verse 1, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And so he tells them to go down into Egypt. And then it says that God, this fulfilled what the prophet said in Hosea, chapter 11. It also says after that that Herod slew all the children. Sometimes people say all the male children. No, that was back in Moses' day. He slew all the children, male and female, two years old and younger. And uh, the Bible says that was fulfilled because the Lord said in the scripture back in Jeremiah 31 that that would happen. And you read that in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 2. So all this was known, all this was prepared, God had made preparation for, uh, for Jesus, and he knew that when these threats came that Herod was going to try to kill him, that he needed to get out of there, and so he warned Joseph, and Joseph took Jesus and Mary to Egypt, and there he was protected. And then God prepared the place where Jesus, where Christ Jesus would grow up. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, after the king died and they came back home, they realized it wasn't good to go back to Bethlehem. And so the Lord sent them to Nazareth. Now, I remind you, Nazareth was Mary's hometown. Ma Ma Nazareth is the place that Mary grew up. People knew Mary. People knew about the circumstances of her and Joseph uh, and her being expecting and all that. And God sends her back them back to Nazareth. And then the God, God says, and that's for a reason too. And that is because the prophets said that he shall be, the prophets, plural, said he shall be called a Nazarene. Now, all of that we see that God is prepared, making preparations for this time, uh, this special time. But I'd like to close with this, one more observation. God prepared the reason for Christ's birth. We're told this in the scripture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He shall save his people from their sin. You'll call his name Jesus. Here's the reason his birth. He shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1, verse 23. He will be God with us. The reason for this birth is so God could come to dwell among the men and God would be with us, Emmanuel. The reason for his birth was Matthew 2, verse, verse 2. He would be king of the Jews. Matthew, Luke chapter 1, verse 32. The Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of, Ju of Judah forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The reason for this is because he is going to be the king, and he's going to rule and reign forever. And by the way, someday Jesus is going to rule and reign in this earth. He's going to set up his throne in Jerusalem, and he's going to rule over this whole earth for 1,000 years before he makes the brand new heaven and the brand new earth. That time is coming, and God knew about that, and he was preparing Jesus for that. And the reason Jesus was born, to be the Savior and also be the King, the Messiah. 
Galatians chapter 4, verse 5 says, and verse 4, In the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. And then it says this, To redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. Christ came, God's purpose, and He prepared Jesus for this, so that He could make us sons of God, so we could be a child of God. John 1, verse 11, He came into His own, His own received Him not, but to His many received them. To them gave He power to become the sons of God. God has that reason that Jesus was born. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. You see, Jesus came for purpose, and it was all planned. It was all prepared by God ahead of time. Now I want you to stop and think of something before we close, and that is this. All those preparations that God made for that first Christmas, for the birth of Jesus Christ, all those preparations that God made were for me and you. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, think about it like this. God went through all those details, planning even before the foundation of the world to do this for mankind. To send Jesus so that he could go to the cross of Calvary and die for our sin and shed his blood for us and have all the sin of the world placed on him and experience the wrath of God that we deserve and to die for our sins and then be buried and raised again the third day. God did all that. God made all those preparations so God would, Jesus could do that for you and me. And for you to say, go through your life and reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, can you imagine standing before God with that on your hands? Can you imagine standing before God as the judge and, and Him saying to you, depart from me, I never knew you, and you go off into eternal punishment forever and ever, and when you die, it'll be the, in hell, and then when you stand at the great white throne, it'll be the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Will you deserve that? Oh, yes, you will. Because you would not accept your greatest gift that God made all these preparations for, just for you and for me. God sent his son to this earth to die for our sins. And then believers, we need to take note of this as well. All those preparations were made for Jesus' birth. Let me remind you that God is making preparations for your life. He has made preparations, and he has a purpose for everything. Jesus went through some bad things when he was growing up, and of course he went through a terrible thing when he died on the cross, but it all had a purpose. And you know, the Lord tells the same for us, that all the preparation that God makes for our lives, there's a reason for it. The Bible says God will work all things together for good to those that love God. He works all the circumstances of our life for good. He says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Lean not on thine owners, and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. God knows what He's doing in your life. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 says, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The problems we're going through, God works for us, not against us. Our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, worketh for us. God is for us, not against us. Romans eight thirty one said, If God be for us, who can be against us? And so 
all of the things that happen in our life, you can know God hasn't forgotten you. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And these things are really preparation for God, what God wants to do in your life. And it all has a purpose. It all has a meaning. And we can trust the Lord. God's preparations for Christmas, there were very many. And his preparations for us include all of that in addition to working our lives every day. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I would trust him. It would be an awful thing to face a holy God and say, Lord, I didn't pay any attention to all your preparations. I didn't want anything to do with your greatest gift. I didn't want anything to do with it. I'd hate to stand in your shoes if that's true of you. If you know Jesus as your Savior, trust the Lord. He knows what he's doing in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for allowing us to see these important truths. Lord, I know that you have a purpose for all things, and you work all things together for good to those that love you. And Lord, I know that you love us. And if we're saved, Lord, you know we know that everything is going to be fine. It's all going to work out right. And you have a reason for everything. Lord, if there's a person here not saved, I pray that they'll realize that all these preparations were made for them so they could trust Jesus. Help them not to reject you, Lord. I pray that they come to you in faith today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.